Man, Dylan Brooks does his best WWE impersonation. The Suns and the Heat cannot be stopped. And Ben Simmons makes it back to NBA news. I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Feeling good, feeling great. How are you? Doing good, man. John, how you living? Doing great. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Oh, yeah. And belated, uh, may the fourth be with you. Sammy, how you living, my friend? I am good, my man. Good to be here as always. Well, boys, we had some round two games. And I'm going to start off with the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies. It was another neck-and-neck game that started off really chippy. I mean, especially on the Golden State Warriors side where Draymond Green catches an elbow to the eye, bloody his eye. And then also the big one is Dylan Brooks ends up fouling Gary Payton Jr. on a layup, an open layup. And I guess the question is, of course, was this a dirty play by Dylan Brooks? Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Yes, it Take was. Take it away. Hell yeah. Take it away. Like, I don't know how you could justify it like a hard foul. No. When you do make a hard foul, the etiquette on the court is you're trying to go for the ball. A block. Right. Yeah, a block or go for the ball. Or, you know, some coaches and, you know, I'm guilty of being coached like this from my past mentors, which is when you do foul, make sure that you foul hard. But if you're chasing down somebody and their back is towards you, it's almost quite impossible to block that shot unless you're LeBron James. Yes, sir. And I don't know, man. It's it's an unfortunate circumstance. And it doesn't really matter if, you know, Dylan Brooks gets suspended. The story of the game is now Jordan Poole, or yeah, not, um, Gary Payton II, who's been in and out of the league. He's been to the G League. He finally has his time to shine. He has this really bad injury. So it just sucks, dude. Really sucks. So I'm going to play, well, I'm not going to play devil's advocate because I agree with you that it was an unnecessary, it was a dangerous and irresponsible foul. But I don't know if it's dirty because Dylan Brooks doesn't really have a history of being that type of player. And I don't think his intention was to hurt Gary Payton, too. That's my thought. Maybe I'm wrong. But in terms of being yeah. very irresponsible and You're dangerous, <laughs> fair. Excuse fair. I mean, me. He didn't jump for the ball and swipe. If he jumped and swiped hard, that's one thing. But he literally just was running towards him and just swiped his arm. And so it just like his really, head. yeah, his head and hit his head. It's just really dangerous. It's something that, I mean, you just don't do something like that. So that's the thing though, right? No, Sorry, go Sammy. Go but I, I got to make my piece, which is the rules of basketball is that if there's a potential chance where you have to think, can this guy get injured? You just don't do it. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't do that when we, if we played pickup. No, of course right? not. None of us would do and that. I'm not, I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying, I, I think that labeling it a certain way is to me at least not accurate because maybe it is i'm wrong but dirty to me indicates that his intention was to hurt him like he wanted to hurt him 
I, I just think it was dumb and and stupid and, and irresponsible. It's like negligence to me more than anything, but we can agree to disagree. Yeah, Sammy, when, what's your opinion on when, this, dirty or not? When John started that and initially was saying devil's advocate, I thought you were going to full-on defend it, and I was just thinking with the other two gentlemen on this pod, there might only be two hooligans going forward if you went too far <laughs> on that one. <laughs> yeah, no. no, um, no I, won't, I won't go that far. But I, I get where you're coming from. Um, I definitely agree it was very reckless. The intent, man, it just... The way he angled it, I think what you said, Jay, is correct. There's just not very many athletes that in the league that could actually successfully make a play on the ball the way he came after him. And obviously the unfortunate part is Peyton's going down, he's just trying to brace himself, and the way he braced himself, you could just see right away that his elbow was gone. Like The whole yeah. finish was a hyperextension, and obviously we unfortunately got word that at best he's going to be back, I believe I heard, three weeks. So they're hoping yeah. if they make the finals that he'll be there for that. I also think it puts in perspective if Draymond's foul was a flagrant two, that was like a flagrant four. Yeah. If, you know, you could right. come up with it. You know what I mean? Like, I think it also puts in perspective player reputations because Draymond's foul in reality was a flagrant one. If Dylan Brooks had committed Draymond's foul on Gary Payton, it's a flagrant one. I'm standing by that. Yep. that he is not kicked out for it. And this one, they had to come down also because they saw the injury on the floor. I thought he honestly wouldn't get two games and not one um but i i'm kind of in the middle of where both you guys are at i i do think maybe the intent wasn't to full-on hurt him it was definitely crazy reckless like on the side of just just not taking care of the other players in the league like there is yeah, obviously like you play hard you go after players but that that level of negligence john the, the word you used was accurate just it was extreme yeah, to, to you and um, and John's point, like, it, it definitely, like, how can I put this? Dylan Brooks didn't wake up in the morning and was like, I'm going to take someone down today and they're going to get injured. Right. So I don't think it was it was malicious. I just think it was stupid. What? Like, yeah. Can I say the word stupid? It was idiotic. Uh -huh. Like, everyone has played basketball. Like, all these people are professionals. Everyone knows when a player is going to go up. One, two, jump. Right? Uh -huh. And if you got to swipe after he takes that step that second step you know he's gonna be airborne and that's just dumb absolutely dumb and i'll say to those that are that are saying well what about draymond what about draymond thing is is that draymond i don't think he's ever fouled anyone and knocked them out for a while i don't think he's hurt anybody he's a smart physical fowler i don't know if you guys agree with me on that do you guys agree? I mean, you look at how he's committed these hard fouls, and I'll freely say I've really come around on Draymond over the last few years. He used to annoy me to high hell, but now I just appreciate what he brings to the game and his uh, off-court work. But even, like, the 26, it was 2016, right, was the, the kick to the, call it the groin. No! The nut yes. shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The nut shot. Like, the play, mm -hmm. the flagrance he's been called for, even the one on Clark, if you look at it when he grabbed the jersey, he still almost braced Clark for the fall. Like yeah. he, he was keeping him. He did safe. do that. It was a hard foul, but I think one of you said it on the last episode. If that happened in the eighties, would have just been a foul and they would have played on. And I know I'm not one of those people that says look at the good old days, but there's a very different perspective on playing hard but keeping other players safe. And Draymond knows how not to cross that line. He takes care of the other players. He just 
does it in a way where he antagonizes everyone while he's doing it, which is why he's very yeah. good at what he does. So that's my that's dad. My, thought on that. my dad is a very big Warriors fan, and I asked him the same thing, right? Was this dirty? And he told me in the 80s, it wouldn't have been anything. It would have been a common foul. <laughs> I mean, and he's I was not like, wrong. Dad, that's 40 years ago. Wow. <laughs> that's actually kind of crazy think, to think about. That I is 40 years ago. That's a valid yeah. sure. argument sure. anymore. You know what I mean? Anyway, so suspended one game. We, we all got news today. He's suspended for one game. Sammy, I think you said it was appropriate. The one game is appropriate. I thought he or... should have gotten two. Should have gotten two. Yes. John, what do you think? I think two is appropriate. I mean, if we're talking about, like, the repercussions for each team, two is, you know, two actually isn't enough because Gary Payton, two ended up, he's out for multiple series. And if they do beat the Grizzlies, they're going to have to play the Suns and Chris Paul, most likely. Right. So that's going to severely affect the next series. But, I mean, you obviously are not going to suspend him for four or five games. That's just, I think that's just too much. And given the history of, of what, they're, what they typically do, two would be appropriate. JJ. Suspend him forever. <laughs> Ban him from the league. Right. Ron Artest him. You should just rip, just, up, his, uh, rip up his contract. Yeah. yeah. Make him change his name to uh, Meta World yeah. Brooks. No, I'm, I'm just bitter because I'm a Warrior fan. But you know, these guys are right. Yeah. One or two games is fine. It's it just sucks. It sucks. Unfortunate circumstances. And I thought it was right? gonna be two games too, but then I sort of reflected back, and I think that that flagrant two happened early enough in the game where they were like, okay, that's basically one game. He was out one game, so now he's out an extra game, and now that equals two. So I think the suspension is probably right where it's supposed to be, but we got to talk about John Morant, guys, and I know JJ's not going to want to talk about this very much, but 47, (laughs) 8, and 8. Man is going ridiculous crazy on the Golden State Warriors. Can they do anything to slow Jaw down? He's on fire! Hmm. Yeah, do you want me to start? Do it. How do they do it? What they need to... Okay, first of all, uh, the Warriors were guilty of not making John Morant working on the defensive side. Where John Morant was guarding Wiggins and Wiggins was kind of idle. Even though the Warriors, they play the style where it's everyone touches the ball, pass, pass, pass. Don't, not, don't do pick and roll, which at times it does work. Most of the time, but... I would like to see the Warriors make John Morant work more and just pick out that that weak link on the defensive side of the Grizzlies, which he would be. Perfect. Right? And just get the ball out of his hands. Like, lazy switches. I just saw... I know I'm like kind of bagging on Wiggins, but Wiggins, like, let the switch happen. Like, fight through the screens, man. Be more aggressive. You're kind of just chilling. Yeah, and he's probably our best... Uh, perimeter defender now that gp2's out john what do you think yeah i just i just don't think you guys can stop him one-on-one and i don't think many teams can but you guys are playing him one-on-one and i know wiggins is a good defender and when they switch him on pool we all saw what happened it was ankle break city out there which was nasty right there were memes all over the place it was i mean it was it was it was a heck of a move though you can't really fault pool for that but I, JJ's right. You have to get the ball out of his hands. You have to trap him. You have to make other guys beat you. 
and the Grizzlies do not have a second superstar. Jaron Jackson Jr. is a, a star, all-star, but fringe at that, but he's not a superstar. And they just, you know, Desmond Bain hasn't been playing well. I think he has a bad back. Make him shoot jumpers or take the ball to the basket. Like, if you're going to lose a series as a Golden State Warrior, you're going to lose it by someone other than John Morant. That should be the mentality, right? If you're going Agreed. to lose. That's it. Bottom line. I'm, I'm with you on that. And I actually, initially, I was going to replicate, Jay, what you said almost word for word. Make him work on the defensive side. I know there's a lot of slip screen action. And like you were saying, the offense is not predicated on typical pick and roll. But if you've got a guy mm-hmm. who is basically camped out on Wiggins in the corner, he's not working on defense. He's almost turning into a little bit of a DH and he can expend all his energy on offense and just work. Hunt him, pick him out, make him work, make him chase Steph, make him run around and try to chase Clay through screens, like whatever it takes. You've got these three guards that are all good for about 20 shots a game that are all working to create offensive action. You have to expose him on that a little bit and make him work. And then on the other side, I would wonder if I don't know if you want to run full court press on him with GP out, but at least maybe half court trap, get the ball out early, make him beat you from the three point line, maybe sag off a little bit. I know he was, a, I think it was five of 11 in this game, but the three pointer has typically been the weaker link of his game. Clearly you don't want him getting in the paint. He has as many points in the paint this year as every, I think he beat out every center in the league and his numbers were near Giannis's. You want to keep him outside. Yeah, that's crazy. Right. And along the point you made about Bain and those other players, Memphis kind of has a similar issue to Boston in that they don't have a ton of ball handlers really that can get into the paint at will and create for other people. Boston basically has Tatum, Memphis has Morant. Make someone else do it. Get the ball out of his hands, see if someone else can create shots for other players, whether that's Tyus Jones, Bain, obviously not Brooks next game, but those are clearly your challenges at this point. But. I think it seemed like the the goal was let him go off and then keep everyone else from beating you in the first two games. Right. That was the impression I got. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately for the Golden State Warriors, it's this is like the perfect matchup for John Morant because yeah. there's there's literally no rim protector. There's, we're we're very small, and he could just pretty much get whatever he wants on the inside if we let him. And it seems like the Warriors are okay with letting him cook and. I don't know if that's going to work, man, because he's just scoring at will. This is a very... Yeah. Go ahead. Just, just like, you know, watching the Warriors for decades now, the Steve Kerr era, this is their MO. They let the the superstar cook while everyone else just chills, and they're fine with that. they rather have one person beat them than the whole than the team. Whole team. You, you saw that with the LeBron James Cavs team. You saw that with uh, Durant... You saw that with even um, with Harden when we had those Rockets uh, Western Conference final series. Like, just let Harden cook and he'll get tired. John Morant's young though. That's the difference, guys. So we'll see what happens. I think Steve Kerr, he's pretty stubborn in his ways. He's not going to change it up. Yeah. He's going to just see Morant. Yeah. You want to beat us, beat us. But everyone else, I have a try to beat us. I have a crazy question for the for you three but i'm very interested in hearing what the two warrior fans here have to say is given the way that clay's been playing which is not great 
Would you consider taking him or bringing him off the bench if you're Steve Kerr? Mm, no. I think at this point we, we can't. I, I don't know what our other option would be. Just I mean, it would be bringing up pool in the two, right? I and was going to say, either. I, don't I was going to say you can bring in the runner up to one of the best dunk contests ever. Juan Toscana Anderson. <laughs> I mean, this come on guys. Setup. It this is Cinco de Mayo after all setup. guys. Not a setup. It just came to my head. Okay. I just, um, I was curious. I was curious. Yeah, yeah. Hypothetical here also, just because obviously, like you said, you just lost your best perimeter defender. I did see that Kaminga ended up playing 14 minutes. Do you think just because of his youth, his athleticism, that you give him 12 to 15 minutes next game and just try to let him chase Jaw around, or do you think he's just not experienced enough at this point where it's not gonna it's gonna do more harm than good? I I want Steve Kerr to try that, but knowing Steve Kerr, he trusts his vets right off the bench more, and I don't think he's gonna yeah. put Kaminga in a spot where he literally has to guard up the best player on the other team another hypothetical i'm gonna shoot this at jj first does john morant do this to the 2015 warriors and their death lineup no because he had a healthy iggy the lebron stopper <laughs> and i'm much younger just play. kidding relax lebron the former, just... the former finals mvp right right and a younger yeah. healthier Clay. relax that's true yeah, absolutely. I agree. I saw that question on Reddit. I thought it was interesting. I'm going to ask one more thing about this game. Did you guys see Draymond Green put up the double birds <laughs> to the Memphis crowd? What did you guys think of that? Yeah. Oh, can't wait for him to come back to Memphis. <laughs> yeah, I can't flip flop our answers, dude. We all said it. Kyrie had the right to do that at Boston. Yeah, we're going to if we're gonna say it's not okay for Draymond to do that, then we'll be hypocrites. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm fine and with you it. And you know too. what? Draymond Green's fine with it too because he said if he gets fined, he makes 25 mil a year. He should be just fine. He got 25k anyway. for it, so point what? Yeah. What is that? Point zero one percent or point one percent of his salary? <laughs> point one. Which, point which, one. which brings me to uh, sorry, just one last thing. It, it's absolutely ridiculous to get fined that amount. If you want someone to stop that behavior, you can't find them. 10 cents of what they're making <laughs> like that's like us getting fined a dollar of course Great we would do point. the same awful behavior every yeah. time but actually i'm going to take us to a short break with a word from our sponsor the nba playoff action is non-stop at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba this week new customers can bet just five dollars on any team to win and get 150 dollars in free bets if they do Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So now back to NBA talk here. Our next game, the Milwaukee Bucks lose to the Boston Celtics 109-86 in game one. It was Milwaukee Bucks that were obviously in control. In game two, the Celtics were in control the entire way, it seemed like. What do we make of this series? Does anyone have a grip on what's happening? Sammy, wipe that smirk off your face. <laughs> Intercepted! Just give me a minute. I'm just basking. <laughs> it's only one Sam game. Relax. Uh-huh. 
but that's probably what we probably should take our own advice after our praising of the Bucks after game one. But yeah, I, I know mean, it is one game. I, I do think, I mean, it was a must win for the Celtics. So they played desperate, but they also like Jalen Brown played absolutely out of his mind. He shot 11 for 18. Mm-hmm. He dropped 30 points. I think he was at one point like nine for 10 in the first quarter or baby, something baby. crazy. And he went off, you know, good for him. He's a plus 16. And then you have other guys, Derek White. Oh, not Derek White. Grant Williams had 21 points. I mean, that's, you know, that doesn't really happen that often. So, and then obviously Tatum, he shot 50%, scoring 29 points. Al Horford's been playing well. Robert Williams played well. So the Celtics just gave it to the the Bucks. And then on the Bucks side, you had Giannis, 28 points. He was the only one who scored over 20. And I don't know, the Celtics just, they just look like a completely different team. But they, again, I think it's, I still like the Bucks in this series because of their advantage in the, in the, inside the paint. And I think it's going to show over time. It's going to wear down the Celtics, I think. So it was a desperate game that the Celtics needed to win. And they, and they, they, you know, they won, they won big, but I still like the Bucks in this series. I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm, I'm with you actually. So my thought on game two, the whole time was just that Boston had looked so good over the last quarter of the season that that one performance wasn't indicative of what we had seen from them. So I expected a bounce back. Now on the other side of that though, you you called it, man. I mean, Tatum shot 50%, Grant Williams shot 50%, Brown played out of his mind. They're not gonna play that well in Milwaukee in game three and four. On the opposite side of that, Drew Holiday went seven for 20. Brooke Lopez for some reason shot the ball twice. Giannis was decent, but not great. Milwaukee's going to bounce back. Right now, I, I will tell you up front, I like Milwaukee in Game 3, and the the issue I noticed, and they broke it in Game 2, but it was like I was saying with Memphis, they only have one guy primarily who can really control the flow and control the ball. Boston doesn't really have that period. Tatum can do it, but Tatum is still not necessarily like a primary ball handler. And that is the flaw in Boston's team. Derek White was the one guy who was terrible in this game, and he hasn't been good in the playoffs. He went 0 for 6, and he's got to fill that role, especially with Smart out. But even if Smart comes back, that's not his role either. Right. Milwaukee's doing a really good job of swarming Boston and taking the ball out of players' hands when they need. It just happened in this game. Boston hit shots. So if Boston keeps scoring like that, then they can win the series, but I can't imagine it. I do think this goes the distance. I like Milwaukee in seven. I actually think they'll win on the road uh, to to win the series. But I do like Milwaukee to win the series just because I feel like they're going to expose that flaw in Boston more than Boston can expose Milwaukee's slight lack of shooting with Middleton out. Well, the Celtics shot, they took 43 threes and they made 20. That's not happening again. Yeah. Is it? And the Bucks like, only made three, three, three pointers. So. Exactly. That, that's, that's what I'm saying too. I mean, I just feel like this was a bit of an anomaly of a shooting performance, but what do you guys, I mean, do you guys think they can shoot over 40% from three for the series? Or do you think this was a one-off? The yeah. Celtics, I don't think they could, they could replicate this. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, JJ. Like, I, I, I don't, I mean, go ahead, go ahead. I, I did like Udoka's, um, his changes and his uh, adaptations to the game because he made all of the Milwaukee Bucks players chase the Bucks players with that 
offensive flow of their system, which we didn't see much from the first game. But that's how they made the Nets work from the first series. Just kept passing the ball, make Durant and, Kay and Kyrie move their heads, and this is how you're gonna beat the Bucks because the Bucks are such a defensive strong team. But and what was really impressive about the Celtics is that they made Giannis shoot terribly again. I don't know if that's gonna still happen. I'm surprised that it's already two games deep and Giannis has had this field goal percentage. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you, JJ. I, I'm actually a little worried about Giannis Antetokounmpo and and his um, lack of. I can't even really call it lack of offensive production. Maybe just a dip in his offensive production. But what's surprising is that I don't think it's necessarily necessarily an accident either because Grant Williams has been playing his butt off against Giannis yeah. Antetokounmpo. Like, he is really playing some great defense. I just don't think he's going to be able to do it for seven games. Giannis is too smart, too good. He's going to figure it out. And I'm with Sammy on this one where the Bucks are going to come away with a series. I think I said in six, and I'm sticking to six. But I'm going to take us to our next topic here. The Miami Heat faced off against the 76ers, and the Miami Heat go up 2-0. It was 119-103 to in Game 2. Embiid's status is still unknown, and I don't know if these 76ers really have a chance without him. And the question that I was pondering was the fact that the 76ers have a tough time winning these games without Embiid. Does this kind of help validate his case for MVP. Yeah. Yes, because I picked him. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a good reason. I'll it's let you guys. Reason. I'll let you guys jump in. But I, I do you remember that we? Uh, I think we all made a bet, or at least we picked the over under on when Doc Rivers would throw one of his players under the bus. I think I picked two games, and so damn, missed it. I missed it. <laughs> anyway, sorry, off tangent. Yeah, what do yeah, you guys what, what, what do you, what what do you guys, guys think, think about Joel Embiid? MVP. I mean, the the Heat are just that good. I think they're complete. That's a good point. Yeah, they they arguably have the deepest bench. I, in my opinion, I agree there. I also think that, and I know we rail on Doc a good amount on this show, and. I think we do because uh, it's accurate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Top 15, you know, baby. Top 15, baby. Like, you look at the deficiency you're obviously going to have. You're going from Embiid to any other center other than maybe Jokic, you're downgrading, right? We're all clearly in agreement on that. Agreed. If yes. that's going to be the case, why don't you throw a complete curveball out there if you're going to get Embiid back potentially in game three or four? Maybe you go small. Try to change something because you're at such a disadvantage, like... Just, I'm, just to throw something at the wall here. Maybe you start Tybal and go Tybal Green Harris with Maxi and Harden. Give him a different look. Do something where you could go potentially five out. I know he's not the greatest three-point shooter, but DeAndre's past his prime, and we've talked about that ad nauseum. Paul Reed's not gonna step in into a role like that and make a huge impact. Like maybe you lose by 30 if you do it that way, but at least you throw a variable into the mix where you could do something to at least for one game surprise Miami and steal something. But it, it gives you a chance to before Spolster sees it to adjust because clearly between the two Spolster is a better coach. So 
Yeah. That's what I saw here. James Harden continued. James Harden in the playoffs. He shot 40% again. He's not going to be able to carry you here. Maxi had a hell of a game. How about, what are you going to do? Yeah, 37 points. Danny Green, baby. One for 10. <laughs> oh, my. Danny. Yeah, how do you feel about John, that, John? Your homie. Danny Laker your legend Green. No, I just having PTSD flashbacks of that wide open three he missed in the finals. Had we lost that finals, man, that would have been bad for him. But... I have a question for you guys. Do you think, so I was thinking about this the other day because it's hard to get a pulse on the Miami Heat. JJ said that they're one of the deepest team in his opinion. And I, I don't, I may agree with that, but I, I'm also, I mean, they, they're doing this without Kyle Lowry. He's been injured, but it's hard to rate that because the Sixers are missing Joel Embiid. So, I don't know. Do you guys think that the Miami Heat are that good with Kyle Lowry back? Or do you think that they're just getting a break because they're playing the Sixers without their best player? Or maybe a combo of both? For me, it's a combo. It's a combo? Yeah, they've always been deep. They've had people in and out of the rotation throughout the whole year. And even with Lowry out, they're moving on a with all cylinders ready to go so yeah i i think nothing has really changed man i don't think anything has changed for me in this series i we all basically picked the miami heat to win and i'm gonna say something here and speak for all of us i think we all think that the miami heat just have this kind of handed to them even if Embiid comes back you guys are yeah on yeah agreed well we're gonna move on to the next one here the Phoenix Suns versus the Dallas Mavericks. Another 2-0 series. The Phoenix Suns, 129-109. to The Phoenix Suns are just abusing the Mavericks, especially late game. They're just Luka hunting the entire time. Can the Mavericks do anything to stop these Phoenix Suns? I don't think so, man. I just, I think... I understood Dallas's mindset at the trade deadline when they traded Porzingis and just said we're going to put every possible role player we can around Luka to try to let him succeed. This is what happens when you run into a team with a good game plan that can make him work on defense. This, sound, this is kind of what we were saying about Jaw earlier, right? They went hunting. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we'll let you put up your 35. You know what? He was a minus 28 because they went after him on the defensive end. And they exposed him on that side. That's clearly the weak part of his game. So, Yeah, I saw a crazy stat out there that said that they caught Luka on switches 50 times. And the average points per possession during those 50 times was 1.75. That's nuts. Which is absolutely ridiculous. Do you guys think, what do you guys think uh, the Dallas Mavericks should do? Is there anything they could do? Or is this, is this series a, a wash? Like it's, it's wiped. They can start planning. They can start planning for their trip to Cancun. That's what they can do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's no. And the the bottom line is they're just overmatched, talent wise. I I just Phoenix yeah. is just a better team. I I think it just it's 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 that simple. Yeah, it's absolutely that simple. And you know, I'm gonna get us to our next topic here, which is away from the playoffs. We got news about Ben Simmons. He got back surgery, and apparently it's going to be like a three- to four-month recovery. We've all criticized Ben Simmons for not coming into the playoffs to play. Does this change your guys' feelings about Ben Simmons at all? 
When did this injury happen? That's what I was about to ask. <laughs> That's like, a great this question. dude waits until after the playoffs That's... to get surgery on his back. Like, when did this all happen? Didn't don't you have to pass a against, physical yeah. against the Hawks in the playoffs in twenty twenty? Timing apparently. is the timing is so weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's absolutely weird. Um, I don't know if there's anything else to add to that besides the fact that maybe we were wrong about his his <sighs> him trade. stepping out. Oh, my takeaway yeah. is if you thought his confidence and his mental health would be a concern for the team. Now you have arguably one of the worst injuries to have, which is your back. True. That's what I'm. That's what I'm yeah. thinking. Yeah. And we're gonna get to the point by the time we get to camp, assuming that he's healthy for camp, which starts what around September. He will not have played any version of competitive basketball. We're gonna be damn near a year and a half, right? About 15, 17 months. Mm-hmm. Well, who knows what you're going to get from him at that point. I mean, I'll eat my crow on this one, man. I loved it when they made that trade, but now you I, know I, who, uh, I like it just because they got rid of Harden. Go ahead, John. Yeah, no. 76ers no. might be winning that trade. Yes, and, and you know, I was about to say that, and you know who's behind it? Yeah, the boy, Daryl Morey. <laughs> he's yep. always, he's like always behind the right trade. He traded for, uh, he traded for James Harden in Houston, made them relevant again, almost won them a title. It's, he's like... He makes good moves, and maybe he saw something. Maybe I don't know. Who knows? But Daryl Morey, man, Daryl Morey. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's actually all we have for tonight's pod. I want to thank you three for being on. JJ, thanks for being Happy, on. Happy uh, Cinco de Mayo, everybody. Happy Cinco de Mayo, John. Thanks for being on, man. Hey, thank you guys. Have a good night. Sammy, thanks for being on. Thank you. Can I drop a quick, uh, quick diagnosing the lines note here? Yeah, go for it. So I know we it's been a while since we've been on. Last time we talked about MVP, and we're going to hear back if the Jokic pick we made is going to pan out. Going to come back with something next week uh, when we're closer to the conference finals, just fi- just picks for finals MVP, those kinds of things based on the odds. Also just want to throw this out there for any of our listeners in California. This is not a sponsored message, but there are two gambling acts potentially going to the floor in the California legislature in November. Oh, yeah. If you want to be able to use our uh, our friends at DraftKings and their app, please vote for the Californians for solutions to homelessness and mental health support measure. Let's 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 be able to sit on our phones and actually make a wager without having to drive an hour <laughs> and a half. No offense to the casinos that want to do retail, but in in today's era, I just I want to be able to do this from my phone. So let, let let's get that done, America. Thank I'm- you. I like it, man. And shout out to our video (laughs) producer, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All-NBA Podcast. And follow us on Twitter, at Clinic All-NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All-NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.